1: Welcome to Ninety Day Fiance WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's Ninety Day Fiance. I am Nadia, and with me is my puya puya puya.
0: How's it going, Lon?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Nadia. How's everybody doing out there?
1: (laughs) Man, if you guys watch the preview of the tell-all, I don't think anyone is reacting well to it as uh, exemplified by what our, well, I call them the OG, but 90 Day Fiance Kray Kray has already decreed that they will no longer be covering Angela. And rightfully so. I'm not going to jump the gun, but... We will cover that next week when we get there. But um, Lon, let's jump into the last episode of 90 Day Fiancé, Happily Ever After. This is the finale. <laughs> Season six. Right? This is the finale before the, finale. the tell-all. Yep, right. yep. I thought maybe we can start with Jovi and Yara just because their scenes were pretty uh, short and sort of uneventful because all the events have already occurred. <laughs> I can start. Basically, I'm happy that Ms. Gwen is finally seeing how it's not Yara. It's her son that needs to grow up, that needs to man up, that needs to father up, I guess. So yes, I am happy that Ms. Gwen puts her foot down and is telling Jovi to grow up and quit this whole strip club thing. <laughs> I don't know where they left it. What do you remember about the scenes? Because I only remember the walk on the beach and then they were talking and yeah, I don't know where they left that off.
2: Yeah. So it's kind of what we've all been saying is Jovi needs to grow up. Mm. You know, his mom admitted that at the beginning she was concerned about Yara and is, is Yara ready for this? And now she, like you said, she's now she's come to realize it's Jovi that really isn't ready for this. And You know, we've talked about it before. One, he's not ready. I don't think he's ready to be a dad. He wasn't expecting the lifestyle change that comes with it. But he's also not ready to grow in the direction Yara is growing into.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Right. He keeps talking about how she's not fun anymore. And she's become a totally different person. And, you know, you you can still have fun and still... Be responsible adult. and still be adult. <laughs> yeah. Right. My brother does it all the time. And my brother and his wife, they have three kids and they still go out and do their adventures. They still have people over and have fun events in the home. They'll find a babysitter and occasionally come and enjoy a night out in the town with us. So there are ways to go about doing it. I don't think he's really taking Yara's growth into consideration and growing in the same direction. They're they're growing apart, right? Or maybe he's being left behind. Maybe that's a little more accurate. He's not growing at all. He's stagnated. He's stuck in this where he used to be. And Yara's already growing and being the adult or being the mom. She still wants to have fun. And I see that, but she's still taking these things into consideration. We have a kid to take care of now and you'd be home and all that stuff and like I think too that he believes he's giving up a lot but he's not really considering and taking into account what she gave up Mm. and I think if he just really let that sink in how much she had to give up because it's always about what he gave up right oh he's giving up the party lifestyle or he's giving up having fun or what he said Uh, that's who I am. Or I forgot how he put it. That's who I am. And I'm not going to, I don't want to change. You know what I mean? Change that. But she gave up so much. She left everything to be here. She literally left her friends, her family. You are it. You and your daughter are it. So if he just really lets that sink in and, and realize how much she gave up for him, Rather than thinking, I'm giving up everything that's me, right? Like, no, you you both can grow together. You both gave up a lot to be together and to make this thing work. So now is the time to make it work. And um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know where they left it at either. I think they both voiced their concerns. But I think if anything, Yara, where she's at, she's ready to leave and take their daughter to the Ukraine. And I think that's ultimately where it left off, where if you don't change Or if you don't grow up, it is healthier for me and our daughter to be back in the Ukraine, not to raise her, seeing her mom upset, seeing her mom sad and depressed and not having like a responsible dad to be around. Threat is not the right word, but I think this is where she's at right now.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. It just seems like he's in denial That all these changes are taking place and like you say, he feels left behind. He feels betrayed by her growth. I can see it both ways, but I'm with you in the sense that he should definitely consider what she gave up because I've been there. I gave up my family and friends in Singapore to come here. so I know how that feels like to be alone, to do everything on your own. Mm -hmm. and We've witnessed how Yara took control of her family situation she moved her family to the burbs. she took care of Myla on her own I mean granted she did have help you know along the way but it's not like Miss Gwen staying with them all the time right, right? so she's still pretty much alone and she had to battle COVID yeah. <laughs> on her yeah. own that's right. scary <laughs> uh, especially with a baby so I wish Jovi would give her more credit mm-hmm. and yeah I just want him to man up grow up be an adult be the kind of adult that Yara wants him to be and I think they should be solid you know I would like to see them in another series to see how they tackle this but I'm okay with where they left off I think we'll see more during the tell-all
2: he didn't take responsibility for his actions did you catch that too Like when he came back from sleeping in a different room, he tried to put it on Yara. Like, well, did you tell you that she slapped me in the night? Did did you tell you that part? Like, are you going to admit that you made her a promise and then you went back on it? (laughs) Which is a pattern, right? This isn't the first time he's done it. It's a pattern now for Jovi where he says, okay, I'm going to do something, right? And then he doesn't. And then he'll apologize. He's one of those people that's like, do it and then apologize for it later, Right now, the incident that's coming coming to me from recent memory is is the, uh, the bachelor thing. When he said, oh, I'll be home at a certain time or I won't have, I don't know, this many drinks or whatever. I forget exactly what it was, but he gave her his word and he went back on it and yeah. she tried to give him an allowance and to be fun and all this stuff. And he went back on it. So how many times can you keep doing this, Jovi? So now you did it again. Like, well, we can leave if you're not having a good time. And she tells you, you know, she goes along with it and then you're, you're both having a good time, but then it's time to leave. She's not having fun anymore. You should have held up your end of the bargain and maybe right. you could have more nights like this where you can compromise. And instead he didn't. And he, he went back on what he told her and, and that pissed her off. So
1: yeah, he was being a punk ass bitch. A punk ass
2: bitch. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Lon, what do you think about the whole Kalani and Asuelu situation? Because at first I thought, eh, this is a very simple scene, you know, in the last episode, like they're simple, but they're disturbing. And here's why: <laughs> he wants to move his family to Samoa, and I can see how that he's trying to control Kalani in that yes. way, trying to indoctrinate her to become a proper Samoan woman, a and,
2: real Samoan girl, right, right? In
1: the hopes that. She'll be more open to having more kids and maybe want to live in Samoa. And I thought that was being very selfish of him. But let's dial back a little bit. The reason why that conversation came up is because Lisa and Lo aren't planning to sell their house. And at first I thought, okay, you know, I didn't think much of it. But then when I rewatched the scene again, I can see how they're both at fault for being shocked at that decision because it's becoming clear how they're freeloaders. Kalani said her mom has been helping with the kids. Right. Kalani's not working. asuela is doing a lot of odd jobs here and there, right? right like right. works in a yogurt, drives Uber.
2: Teaches Polynesian. And now influence. that, <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Yeah, and plays volleyball. (laughs) And now that the mom and dad are selling their place, they're like, oh no, where's our safety net?
0: We're screwed.
1: So I don't really feel sad for them because they should be adulting up as well. They should have had plans to move out in the first place. Right. You cannot mooch on your parents for that long. Right. right? Because I feel like when um, Kalani had her first kid, okay, okay. Maybe they'll stay at their parents' place because they need help. Aswelu is still new to the US. She's not working. And then now they have two kids and they're still at her parents' house. What does that tell you? They've gotten complacent and too comfortable. Right. Right? So which is why I think the whole conversation about moving to Samoa came about. It's because they don't see it any other way or maybe at least Aswelu doesn't. He's like, well, we can't afford a home. What are we going to do? I drive an Uber. You don't work. Okay, we have TLC money, but (laughs) I think that's the thing about a lot of the cast members. (laughs) They don't talk about the TLC money, which I think it's pretty okay. It's not lucrative, but it's pretty okay. But I don't know if that qualifies them to buy a house.
2: Right, but they were, well, maybe it was only Asuelu at the time. So for me, it's a little bit more sinister. I think ever since Asuelu stopped getting along with her family, every step has been to take uh, Kalani and their children out of the equation or out of the influence, the sphere of influence of her family. And this is another attempt at it. Mm. You know, this is another attempt. And again, it's part of him wanting to, to get his way, of him being able to enforce these possibly cultural gender roles of what a Samoan man, Samoan woman and husband and wife should be. And now he has another opportunity at it. So the plans to buy a house didn't happen. But now, now we can move and not just move, but move to Samoa where he will be backed up. He will have the support and the backing of the full culture Mm
0: -hmm. behind
2: him, Mm -hmm. right? Like this is a woman's place Mm -hmm. and this is a man's place. And now he can have all the things that he's been wanting out of the familiar structure that he doesn't have here in America. His word will be like, you have to do what I say because I am your husband, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, that's kind of what I read into it. And he's not even really hiding it. He's flat out saying it. He's explicitly saying...
1: Yeah, I want you to be a Samoan woman. And yeah, he said, but I you're, am, well, you're not a Samoan.
2: real one. Yeah, just yeah. like what do you mean? I'm not real. Like <laughs> I'm Samoan. my parents Samoan. Yeah. And he tried to like make it small. Like, well, you don't speak the language. I think what he meant was you don't fit the actual, um, a woman's the mold place of the a culture.
1: Samoan woman. Right?
2: right, right, right. And he was pretty explicit about that. So, you know, to me, I just, I don't like it. Um, I didn't like it either. Yeah. I think it could be a good thing if he were to approach it differently. And they were to remain equals and she would have a voice in the marriage. But that's not what he wants out of it. He wants to move there so that she can become more... um, Subservient. Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Right.
1: You know why I say that? Fuck him. (laughs) Moving on to to another fucktard in Angela who only just discovered that if Skyla were to tote her baby it would be hella incestuous. <laughs> and I like how the gynae, right? Was it the gynae of fertility specialist? I think that was the title. Mm-hmm. Jamila, Dr. Jamila was telling them It's that, yeah, so technically if Skylar were to tote your baby, that would be your half sibling, cousin, nephew or whatever. And I was like, oh man, it can't get any more storybook <laughs> because they're in Georgia. you know no offense to to people in the south but it's like you know what I mean like the stereotype is just being played up
0: right Right. right? right. not
1: that we want it to but I think it just struck them that holy shit yeah that would be my sibling slash slash you know what I mean like it it would be such a clusterfuck of a yeah anyway
2: that Um, would be his aunt and his sister right (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) so Lon what do you have to say about they're scene.
2: This has all been so obvious already for a long time now that like Angela's old and I don't understand. I'm sorry,
1: you cannot use the word old.
2: old older or I don't no, know. No, no. Um, the right
1: term that we learned on this episode is advanced maternal age.
2: Advanced maternal is <laughs> yeah. advanced maternal age.
1: She's of that advanced <laughs> maternal age. That's what the fertility especially said. Like She didn't right. use the word old. Because I think at risk. Yeah, at at risk.
2: (laughs) Right. So and we've known this. And so to me, it's almost like why when the scene came on, I was like, why are we even here at at this point? And I think to her daughter was like, I'm just here for the support. So you can tell her, you know, that she's being ridiculous, because we already knew this, we knew this for a long time. So even when Earlier in the season, when I kind of saw it leading up to this, mm-hmm. and Michael kept talking about it, and they kept entertaining the idea, I was like, why? Why are we even still talking about this? To me, the scene was filler. It had its moments, but it really didn't really add anything. We knew this. We already knew Angela was, what is it? <laughs> like advanced, advanced maternal, maternal age. age. We already knew this. We already, we already knew that Skylar, what is her? Skylar. Skyler, we and already Skylar, knew that she didn't want it. She didn't want to tote the baby. Yeah. The baby, we knew that. We yeah. knew all these things. She was so pretty adamant
1: it, about it too. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. So it was almost like, why are we, <laughs> why did you choose for the storyline to go here? And, you know, maybe Michael just kept pushing for it. It was one of those things where it, I stopped paying attention to Yeah.
1: It. At this point, Lon, I don't want to know any more about Angela and Michael. I really yeah. don't because we know how toxic and abusive their relationship is. Yeah. And I would be remotely interested if they picked a surrogate that's not Skyla. Remotely. But even then, I don't want to see Angela anymore. I mean, yeah. it's no secret. I would hate for her to be the face of this franchise, this 90-day fiance universe. Because she's trashy AF. And we don't need any more of that. She took it to another level. And I think our listeners are going to see what I mean in the tell all.
2: Right. It's already being talked about on the interwebs. And yeah, but even before then, she's just been not the right representation of what this show is about and the reason why sometimes you know I'm hesitant to say (laughs) that we talk about 90-day fiance. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm like, oh, what's that about? And they go, Oh, I watched it the other night. Is that the one with the with the woman that's just and I'm like, yeah, unfortunately that's that's the show we're talking
1: about. It's like my IQ dropped to like (laughs) negative 50 or something when I said, oh yeah, I watched that show with that lady that keeps flashing her boobs.
2: Yeah. I would be interested if we got the news that Michael was fed up with her and he, you know, Divorce he her. divorced or, yeah, yeah, or they split up or whatever. But it just seems like he's so intent on coming over here that that's not going to happen. At that point, so, I,
1: I would still lose interest. Like if Michael still wants to come here, good for him, but I'm not interested. You know? I'm not
2: tuning in for that. Yeah. I'll read an article about it.
1: Yeah. I'll read about it. I won't talk about <laughs> yeah. it, but yeah. What do you think about I think we, don't, we know what we think about Tiffany and Ronald. We've said this so many times. They're
2: doomed. Right.
1: I don't know what else to say about them, to be honest. This last scene that we saw of them, I think I said this in the last episode too. I would be surprised if they're still together because this guy, well, here's the thing. I can see both sides. At this point, I can see both sides, right? Because he feels like he's being attacked. He feels like he's not doing enough. He feels like he's being highly criticized. Mm -hmm. And she just keeps rubbing it in his face. And and she knows he has a high ego. And yet she just wants to like really rub a lot of women into this whole situation. And I get it. Maybe it works in other relationships. But with him, it's almost like you have to kind of push and pull laid to him gentler i would say and we talked about this last week too is that there is a better way to say things like i need more support from you right Um, instead of saying i am godsend like i am a blessing in this man's life right but i do have to say the thing that worries me about ronald is he shows signs of violence like, he was about to smash that laptop. It looked
2: like he was going to throw the laptop at her. I was right. like,
1: whoa. I, and I was like, if there was no camera crew, this would have been a different outcome. Like, she would have come out of it with maybe a bruise. Maybe not in the face, maybe on her body.
2: That was the same exact thought I had. The same exact thought. Yeah. I was like, if the cameras were not rolling at that moment, that laptop would have been flying.
0: Yeah, that, that would, would have-,
2: have been in the air. And if it hit her, yeah, like... So he does. And I agree 100%. He looks like he has it in him to be abusive. Mm. And maybe not like super violent, but there's the the violence. I get that from him. I get those vibes. And one of the things that I made note of too was he wants to keep the kids. That's naive.
1: (laughs) The kids are American.
2: Yeah. Good luck. I don't think it's going to happen. No. Yeah, he wants the kids. And maybe he loves them. Maybe he loves them that much, but then I wouldn't put it past him to fight for the kids out of spite. Right. Um, I was going to say
1: that Lon. I was thinking about that is that he probably just won the custodial battle just to prove that he's a worthy person. Not that he cares about the kids. I don't think it's that. I think it's more of like, he wants to prove to the judge or to whoever, right. That he's a worthy parent, but not necessarily that he loves them or he's, capable of taking care of them.
2: Hmm. Right. Or maybe just to hurt Tiffany.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I can say, just to spite Tiffany.
2: She said she was still on the fence and I'm like, what? What,
1: <laughs> Dude, the moment that he said, know your place, I would have like, yeah. up. I don't know why she's even asking what, what are you, are you on the fence about? Right. <laughs> the moment he said, know your place, I would be like, peace. And then she kind of like, try to confirm it with him. And then the next thing he said was, peace the fuck out. Here's your luggage. Peace the fuck out. I would right. have been out of that door already. Believe.
0: Yes, Yes. Right?
1: I don't know what yeah. she's hanging on to because she acts like she's very empowered. And I give credit to that. I mean, she stood her ground. She was very firm about what she wanted. She wants an apology. and apology doesn't have to necessarily be an attack. And I think Ronald took it as an attack. But Mm -hmm. she just wants an apology. She wants to come to a resolution. But Ronald sees it another way. But the moment he says things like, know your place or peace the fuck out, I wouldn't hesitate. Especially since, you know, if I were her, you know, me telling him to like, women here might, maybe they're bitches and they would do whatever you want them to do. But I'm not that. I would have started packing my luggage by Mm -hmm. then. But she seems to be, like you said, on the fence. And I don't understand that. Like she's maybe because she's in a foreign country and she's like, well, who's gonna take me to the airport? Or who's gonna drive me to pick up my kids? Like she's kind of unsure, maybe. Just to close this off, she did say that the marriage is over. All I wanna say is I'm glad I don't have to see Tiffany's shoulders anymore. I mean, I will see it for two more times, right? During the tell-all. But I'm like, come on, man. I'm over. I'm over. <laughs> Stop shopping for those off-the-shoulders dresses. Or oh, tops, Tiffany. Anyway. Shall we move on to... Man, I don't know. Should we talk about Big Mike and Natalie first? Or should we talk about Andre and Libby? These mm. are two heavy, heavy hitters like, on this episode. Maybe you can talk about Big Mike and Natalie. right
2: you know it's over when she loves a pet rat more than you (laughs) (laughs) she checks up on the pet rat before she checks up on you yeah and he tried to act like he was unaffected by it you know don't let the door hit you where the good lord split you i'm like come on man like you're rapping now are those bars like you know and, and he's like go just leave and he's trying to act like nonchalant but he's fuming and i'm like dude oh oh my god (laughs) and i just felt i felt bad for juliana because i don't think she's to blame but i think he blames her he said under his breath he said use the bathroom take my wife the marriage isn't over because of juliana that's not why this is happening mike right juliana isn't taking your wife you let your wife go or maybe the two of you like let each other go but this isn't juliana's fault you're over here saying some dumb shit like that juliana is not the reason your marriage sucks when he said that i'm like use the bathroom and take my wife and she was also trying to be super sweet the most awkward hug in the history of the show When she's like (laughs) you know you you can call me whenever you want. And he was like, leave, I'm fine. And he's just being all like, I don't know, angry and weird. And then she just tries to give him the most awkward hug. She was trying, you know, and she didn't have to do any of that. She totally didn't have to do any of that. She could have just been like, thanks for letting me use your bathroom. I'm going to go take your wife and threw it right back at him, you know, but she didn't. and She tried to be consoling. So anyway, I thought it was an entertaining scene because I, I just like to see Mike angry and stuff like that and being weird. And <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have much more to say other than that.
1: I can see it your way, Lon. But I also think that the reason why Mike was kind of angry at Juliana is because he sees Juliana as enabler because every time they argue... Juliana's providing the safe space for Natalie. And maybe he sees that as, well, she's not helping, you know? And plus, when you're in that stage too, like you're angry at everybody. And Juliana happens to be in a crossfire.
2: Yeah. In the crosshair. Like, sorry. It seemed like he was angry at her for a long time because when he found out that she had a bedroom there, oh, you live there now. or we move but he was angry. now?
1: <laughs> yeah. I, that's why I said that. I think he's pissed she's enabling. Natalie to to be away from him by providing mm. a room specifically for her you know dedicated to her I think it's becoming super obvious that Natalie is a scammer and I've mentioned this during the last episode and maybe I, it's an unpopular opinion to some but it's so obvious that yeah the rat is probably Natalie's spirit animal Because she's
2: a rat. But wait, won't she... She didn't even take the rat. Won't she lose her... Is this the case where even if they get divorced, he'll be responsible for her for the next 10 years? Is that what's going on here?
1: No. I think she was smart enough to wait for... I want to say... Actually, I'm wondering if she's still in the US, if she's able to stay in the US, because it seems like they've not been married for one year. And I know that the U.S. immigration, they're very particular about people who are married for a short time, especially okay. people coming from a certain area of the world. And let's just put it this way. I'm not sure if Natalie going to get her permanent green card. Okay. She, she has a conditional green card, but I'm not sure if she's going to get her permanent green card. And the permanent green card is the one where you get to stay for 10 years.
2: So, so that's then, the hesitancy I have. Aside from maybe using him to be on TV and to keep the image going so that they can be on 90 Day Fiance, that's where my hesitancy comes in. Like, If she was using him for more than just this opportunity to be on TV, then she would try to stay, I think. And I think
1: she is probably trying to convince him not to divorce her probably i don't know I something's mean,
2: going on because they spent the fourth of july together
1: <laughs> yeah that's the thing maybe there's like some under the table agreement like hey we're separating but if you don't mind i would like to keep this marriage official until it's time for me to get the non-conditional green card and mm. then we can file the papers and everything so i don't know we'll see unless she doesn't know this Maybe they're on the way to divorcing and then she's gonna find out that it's gonna be hard for her to stay. Yeah. But I would say that Mike showed a lot of restraint. Unlike Mike in the previous episode where he was screaming in a different <laughs> register. <laughs> yeah. This Mike, I would say maybe Ronald should take a page out of the way he reacted. But yeah, I feel bad for Mike. Like he did act like he didn't really give a fuck, but You know, deep down, he's hurt. He did ask her a couple of times, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. Because to him, it's like, if we have a problem, we'll work things out, not go running away. So this is how I know Natalie is not interested in the marriage because if she cares about Mike, she would work things out with Mike. And it's becoming obvious that it's all about Natalie. It's all about how she feels. How she's uncomfortable, and how she feels that like she's being dismissed, but it just feels like she's dismissing herself from this whole situation. She took the easy route. I think the moment she found out that she has a safe house in Juliana, right, that she's was like, it. "Yeah, that was it. That's like, oh, we're fighting, okay, I'm out of the door. You know, let me go pack my stuff, and now I have a friend who speaks the same language to stay with. mm. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said last week like, I'm Team Trish in that sense because she doesn't care. It's just not about the relationship in the first place.
2: I can't wait for the tell all when it comes to this, to this relationship. Yeah. I can't wait for the tell all to see what's gonna happen with Natalie and Mike.
1: Yeah. And too. Trish. Yeah, me too. I wonder if they're gonna leak any surprising audio, you know, from Trish. All right, Lon. I guess uh we can close this episode with the trashiest family (laughs) that is family Libby. Man, there's a lot to talk about here. What do you have to say?
2: All the things that I think were fabricated like are out the window. I think they fucking hate each other. (laughs) I really think this family, they hate each other. They all hate Andre. I don't think Andre gets along with anybody anymore. There were just things that happened on this episode where I'm like, this is so far away from fabricated. And I think I actually, I didn't think I actually Googled to see what Charlie was <laughs> like. And I guess he's trolling his family now on his own social media and stuff. Like oh, that. really? Yeah. He's like, oh, wow. he's, he's trolling them and stuff. So yeah, one I'm team Andre. I tweeted about it. I think he's just a guy. Yeah. He's rough around the edges and he could be better about some things, but I really do think he just wants to be successful putting his best foot forward. He made an agreement. Chuck, He just wants to get into business and they are just fighting tooth and nail with him every single step of the way. Um, It's not his fault that Chuck is wanting to do things this particular way. And every single time they get into some kind of family meeting to just hang out and stuff, it blows up in their faces. and, And I don't think that's really his fault. He sat down, he had a drink and he told everybody, you know, we're here, like, sit down. And they're just all automatically arriving and saying, oh, and being all standoffish and stuff. Once Charlie showed up, it was, yeah, I didn't expect anything less than that. We'd already seen it in previews, but him and Charlie never got over. They never squashed their beef. I think they've resented each other since the very first fight and neither of them got over that. And it's always been about who's tougher and who's going to back down. And yeah, and it doesn't help that charlie comes in and just starts flapping his mouth right from the jump so I'm, I'm glad when when andre knocked him to the ground and i was hoping to see him in the pool <laughs> and that didn't happen we, we got close but yeah and who the fuck is megan to talk like that like is she charlie's girlfriend My- wife Yeah. like who is she to be talking to the dad like that and uh I don't know. And I think maybe she was playing it up for the cameras. She wants her own airtime and people would be like, oh, look at her. Like, I think maybe she, that was would have been or could have been why she was acting up like that. But in my mind, I was like, who are you to be talking? Like, you're not even part of this. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, you know, at first I feel bad for Chuck because it just seems like he lost the respect of his kids. Mm. Every one of them who came through, except for Andre and Libby, started questioning him it started with Becky and her husband who came and they're like standing and folding their arms and I remember Becky was asking like when was the last time you called me for professional advice like clearly she and Jen are very bitter about the fact that they're not getting the work or not getting first dibs or they were just being neglected by their dad
2: excluded from the family business they
1: feel right Right. And I feel like the way she, the way Megan acted also cemented the fact that nobody respects Chuck. The way she points her finger at Chuck and pretty much shouted in his face.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there Chuck was saying that you guys are almost giving me a heart attack. And he's like, nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> None of his kids came back and apologized. They were all too busy pointing fingers at each other. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, either he has coddled them or he has lost their respect for a while now or what. But it's just sad to see it that way. Even Thomas, Becky's husband, who's not involved most of the episodes this season, even he was shouting at Chuck. He was saying like, I don't want to go to any of these family gatherings anymore. We have a fucking right. wonderful family. You deal with this or something yeah. like that.
2: Did you and notice I, too? He was talking about, I thought he was talking about Charlie too. Yeah. Like he was saying stuff he was
1: like saying, he,
2: that he, guy he, has the vocabulary of a, of a five-year-old. Yeah, And, and he, he was telling
1: Chuck to, to discipline
2: it. Charlie. Yeah. He said like, Charlie
1: has issues, blah, blah, blah.
2: Right. And- I was like, wow.
1: I don't know if you caught this, but Andre was saying something about Charlie's wife texting in the middle of the night. What? Yeah, because I watched this scene twice. He said, during all the squabbles and all the vulgarities exchanging, he said something about her texting in the middle of the night. And I was like, what does that mean? So that got me curious. But anyway, it didn't get explored. (laughs)
0: Hmm.
1: So yes, I feel bad that Chuck got the brunt of this whole incident, even though it wasn't him who necessarily started it. However, I also feel that it is Chuck's fault that this happened because Andre and Libby, Andre especially, didn't want to go to this cookout. And when Becky and Jen arrived, they didn't want to be there too. And then Charlie came in, guns blazing, and you know started saying call the cops and then the moment andré stood up i'm like okay this is over
0: mm-hmm. and
1: chuck is not being the father figure right he was just acting like he's helpless he's like all i want is for my family to get along bitch you know your family don't get along why are right. you forcing them to hang out together you're not solving anything you're sweeping the problems under the rug if anything you're just acting like nothing happens you think a fucking cookout was fix all your family issues no you're being a simp like didn't the daughters
2: also say that he's i forgot how they phrase it but they said like he kind of provokes it and then steps away Right. Said that he, he that's why Becky that. said I was like dang.
1: She said my dad is a shit stirrer, and once it boils right. over he right. steps back. He stirs and I'm the like, pot and then he yeah. steps
2: back and I'm like huh yeah why I mean he covers it by crying and stuff like that but that's what he's doing. We know this isn't going to work. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a pattern all season so I wonder why that does he really in his heart genuinely think that things will change like you've done it like two three times already in this season and it, nothing happens. So.
1: Yeah, that's why I don't feel sorry for Chuck. But at the same time, I feel sorry for him because mm. he gets zero respect. Like the way his in-laws talk to him, the way they shouted at him, you can tell that they don't have any form of respect for him. It just went out the window at some point. But yeah, that's my take on it. I feel like if Andre had taken the high road, Because when I watched it the second time, I was like, you know, Andre accused the sisters for being jealous of him. And I'm like, why do you even have to say that? You Mm -hmm. don't have to say that. You can just keep your mouth shut. But Andre is being Andre and like, he's just an asshole, you know? And it didn't help (laughs) that Charlie's an asshole too. So it's like the two of them are just, they will clash, right?
0: Right.
1: So, yeah. I wonder if they're going to get a spin-off.
2: Do you want to see that?
1: Uh, not if it's still about the family business. Like yeah. how much more can you talk about with Same. regards to the family business? Speaking of uh, a spinoff, uh, Lon, I'd like to cordially invite you to summarize Darcy and Stacy.
2: <laughs> season two. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so there's still a hot mess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> big surprise there.
2: <laughs> big, big surprise. For me, the interesting thing is, obviously, at least from the last episode, Georgie has secrets. But And before, before they spoke to the wife, I was actually Team Georgie. And I still kind of am leaning towards being Team Georgie. You know, some people are just introverted. Some people don't. Just give up information as freely as you you want it to be. And I think, too, that getting to know somebody takes time, Mm. earning their trust, having them tell you anecdotes about about their lives, you know, they don't need to spill every single detail of their life within the first few months of, of meeting them, like, I know for me, there are times when something I'll be years into a relationship and something reminds me of something, and then I'll offer that information. I'll go, oh, that reminds me of a time when me and my friends did this. Like, you don't have to know every single detail about a person um, uh, right Right off the bat. You know what I mean? And, and I think she, I think Darcy, like, expects a lot, and then she starts poking her nose into things and then starts embarrassing in front in front of his friends. I just thought that was a hot mess um two episodes ago where they're supposed to have a really nice, a really nice um sit down and enjoy some cocktails or whatever, I forget, dinner or whatever have you. With
1: uh Georgie's friend in right. Virginia, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: There was a few of them, I think. Stacy and um Florian were there too. And it just turned into a shit show and it didn't have to be. You know, I would be so embarrassed if I invited some, like my close friends and then my significant other started putting me on the spot and then, you know, and started shouting at me and then blowing up. And, you know, these are people that I want to like you and this is how you're going to treat me in, in front of them. Like that, that's so embarrassing. Darcy is going to cry about this. She all she already has been. And then she's going to play the whole no I'm I'm doomed. Uh, nobody loves me. I just want to be treated good. This is a guy who treats you good. Darcy, you're the one stirring the pot. You're the one not allowing yourself to to be in these relationships. And I'm not saying the, the the guys were the best, you know. I was team Darcy, but she, let's admit she did the same thing she did with Jesse. She did the same thing she did with Tom and they're not perfect by any means. And I don't expect Georgie to be perfect too, but she's doing the same thing. And it's uh, as problematic as, as Tom and Jesse were. And, and even Georgie with, with his secrets, like me, I don't know what happened with him and his wife and why he said what he said. And that's not how it played out on her end. But at the same time, like Darcy is the toxic one. (laughs) At least the episodes that I've seen to me, that's how it's, that's how it's played out. I was there when, it showed her and Jesse's relationship and her always pushing him to propose to her and always pushing like a wedding. And he's like, I am not ready. And I was there when she was doing the same thing at the time. So like when we start to see these things, now I'm seeing it on this season with Georgie, he's just trying to be super chill. You know what I mean? Like, so what you found a fucking sock with money. Yeah. I mean, so all these things that I think point to Darcy as being the one that's the problem in these relationships and listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, if you have a different opinion, hit us up on Twitter and on our Instagram and, and tell me why your team Darcy at this point, I'd like to hear it. And I'm sure I'll agree with you on some points, but for me, this main season, it's just been tough watching Darcy treat Georgie a certain way. And then her being the victim in all this, and then Stacy having her back and going, you deserve better. Like this guy treats you pretty good. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck the problem is, because he's not telling you about his ex wife. That's the last thing I want to start talking about is my fucking ex to the the new person I love. Like, so yeah, and and that's my take on it. And then Stacy and Florian, they're good. They're fun to watch, you know, but I, I feel sorry for Florian most of the time. I think he's a dickhead too i don't i don't like the way he talks to her and i've had a problem with the way he talks to her yeah in previous seasons but sometimes she can be fucking annoying (laughs) like when she was dictating how he who wouldn't say shut the fuck up right like (laughs) i wouldn't but i can see why he would when she's over here saying be like this be like that you need to be like this no like take the jacket off and and he's just trying to do his thing, and so yeah, <laughs> when he was like, Will "You shut the
1: fuck up." This is where the age gap really shows, <laughs> right? Because she's there being his mom.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know?
1: she's like a those pageant mom, like no, 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 pose yeah, this Yeah, the pageant mom, that mom. That's
2: what it was, and that was this,
1: highly embarrassing for me because he modeled before. Come on, right? right? Like he knows what he's. He's doing. the model. You're just you're just a reality TV actress. Anyway.
2: Yeah, so just I don't want you to talk to me like that. Yeah, Florian, don't talk to her like that. But on the same token, Stacey, you need to shut the fuck up.
1: Right. (laughs) I mean, listeners, if I could summarize what I think about the show, is it's a show about an insecure woman who has a good thing going, but decided to poke around in her relationship just to find flaws, Mm. and then acts as a self-victim by crying a lot about it. And her twin sister enabling and justifying why she's feeling that way, which I think is overall very toxic. I wish that Darcy and Stacy would come up with a different formula this season. Good but call. And, good call. Yeah, and I'm okay with Stacey's uh, storyline. You know, she wants a family, and Florian's like, ah, I'm too young. I'm not, I'm ready not interested." For that. Right
2: on God's time. Right.
1: <laughs> right. I don't mind that storyline because that seems more interesting and a little bit original for me. But with Darcy, I'm definitely Team Georgie because he's super chill. You can tell that even when he argues, he still like holds back and he's very composed, mm-hmm. and he's trying to make sense he's trying to explain himself to Darcy and Darcy's all shouty and, you know, Mm -hmm. emotional and yeah. yeah. And you're right, Lon, like who wants to talk about their ex? And that's the other toxic thing too, is that the sisters think that it's okay to stalk someone and hunt them down just to get answers. That's very unhealthy. Right. I don't recommend that. And take that from someone who's been in a toxic relationship where you feel the need to talk to your partner's ex just to get answers No, every relationship would be different. You know, yeah, there might be traits that he'll carry with him. There might be habits that will be with him, but know that the relationship is always different. So you cannot judge this person by his past or by his past relationship with other people. So I don't appreciate that. And I think, I hope that whoever that was, I hope it was just a paid actress. Yeah. You know? Um, And again, listeners, per what Lan said right? If you're still team Darcy We want to know why Because if you say stuff like Oh, Darcy is an empowering woman No, I think this season Reveals how toxic she is And how she's always self-victimizing And always lamenting At how her love life sucks No, she has a good thing going on With Georgie and she just wants to fuck it up Mm -hmm. And with the recent Transformation that she went through you can tell she's highly insecure, man. Going after younger guys, that's just to satisfy her ego.
2: Yeah, I agree Mind 100%. Drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, you can show your support by leaving us a five star review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also donate to our Patreon at WTF Extra. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90 Day Fiance WTF. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out.
1: Oh, damn. What are our WTF moments, Lon?
2: <laughs> Good call. So for me, the WTF moment was the fight, the big fight. Yeah, I was going to say it was going to be Angela, but I forgot that I'm just thinking of the preview for the Talal. Yeah. But it was for me, yeah. The fight between Andre and um, and Charlie.
1: Yeah, I think for me, the WTF moment is when Natalie started to baby talk with her rat and <laughs> Juliana trying to reach out and give Mike a hug, but then in the process, uh, knock his cap off his, his cap head. Off. <laughs> Also trying to use someone's bathroom, which again, nothing wrong, but if you guys watched Pillow Talk. That was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, Robert and Annie. uh, Robert actually said, man, don't let her use your bathroom. She's going to clog it. (laughs) That was so mean. (laughs) Or like, well, ask her first. Is it a number one or a number two? Number
0: two.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was silly. But yeah, uh, that would be my WTF moment. And Lon, uh, where can we find you?
2: You can find me on Instagram at Lon, L-A-N underscore like underscore L-A-W-N. That's Lon underscore like underscore Lon or at I-I-T-A-L-I-X. I also stream um, on Facebook. Um, every Friday and Saturday, starting between 9 and 10 p.m. Pacific. Um, and that's uh, Italics Plays. I-I-T-A-L-I-X, P-L-A-Y-S. All those links can be found on the bio of my um, Instagram, I-I-T-A-L-I-X.
1: And then will we be live tweeting during the tell-all or will we be doing Instagram live, maybe with Elena or maybe Ellie or whoever during the tell-all?
2: That would be fun, right? uh, I, I, Yeah, I, uh, I think both of us live tweeting, or all three of us live tweeting. Yeah. would be super fun. Yeah,
1: yeah, we do that. I mean, especially you, you, you do that when you're watching shows. So let's do a live tweets, live tweeting during uh, the tell all, and uh, hopefully our listeners can engage with us.
2: That's cool.
0: Cool. Eres mi